0: mr taylor welcome back to scanline vibes
1: happy to be here as always how you doing today uh dealing with some allergies so i apologize to our listeners if i sound a little congested but otherwise okay don't apologize to them they're not the ones editing this apologize to me i mean i do also apologize to editor clyde
0: so what have you been gaming this week
1: This week and the week before that have been pretty solidly consumed by Kingdom Hearts 3, which I actually just finished uh, two days ago.
0: Nice, nice. I guess I should probably take a second here and... Tell all the listeners that um, the reason I'm not doing a Chrono Cross episode today is, quite frankly, I have not finished Chrono Cross
1: yet. For shame.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. I'm taking my time with it, and I'm getting through it uh, bit by bit, but I'm just really, really enjoying all the characters and the settings, and yeah, it's just, it's not ready yet. I'm shooting for next week. Chrono Cross will be there next week, but yeah, that's why we are doing an off-the-cartridge episode today.
1: Yeah, sounds good. It'll be my first off-the-cartridge
0: so I guess today I wanted to dive into a little bit of Kingdom Hearts 3, and I guess the mm. whole franchise, because you're yeah. you're a huge fan of it. I am. I have not played the Kingdom Hearts franchise. And, no, you have not. And I'm kind of, um, I'm in the the small boat, I think, because most people, most RPG fans certainly have. Mm. Um, so how do you feel about how Kingdom Hearts 3 capped off the the trilogy? That's I mean, that's the kind of game that I wanted to talk about today, mm. and because you've, spent, you've been spending so much time pouring into that game. Do you feel like it was a fitting end to that franchise?
1: Overall, I do. I think it was a a great way to end it off. And it doesn't seem, not to go into too many details, and I'll say right up front, I'm going to avoid as many major spoilers as I possibly can during this discussion, but I will say that it doesn't seem that the franchise is over. They definitely left some story hooks in place where they could easily do additional games and even kind of teased additional games that might be coming in the future. But I will say that Kingdom Hearts 3 does seem to kind of close off the the story they've been telling so far. All the major beats are are coming to a head in this game. And I do think that in that purpose it it succeeds quite a bit um it's certainly not a perfect game but uh overall i think it was a great ending to the story and uh i definitely i definitely had a great time playing it
0: so was it worth the wait
1: i'm gonna say yeah it was a long wait so it's hard to say that anything's worth it but uh for a for a wait that long i want to say it was i think 14 years 2005 2019 yeah 14 years uh that people waited for kingdom hearts 3 from kingdom hearts 2 i guess there was a lot of side games in between but so that's a long way. But I would say, yeah, it was worth it.
0: What do you think is the, the biggest stumble the game makes?
1: The biggest stumble?
0: I mean, I, I personally haven't played the franchise, but I've heard that in recent weeks, people have praised the combat system. Mm. They've praised the graphics. They've praised the music. But what do you think is the biggest stumble that Kingdom Hearts 3 makes?
1: Honestly... It depends on the perspective you're coming from. Um, I personally didn't find this to be a stumble, but I can see that it would be a problem for a lot of people coming into this franchise, especially since this is the first game to be on Xbox. All previous games were either handheld consoles or PlayStation exclusive, so we've got a lot of newcomers to the series coming in on this game. It doesn't do a whole lot of handholding when it comes to people who haven't played the previous games and even the side games, like the side games actually do play a major role in the story of the overall franchise, but also in this game as well. And while they do a little bit to kind of explain in context of like, oh yeah, who's here's this character and here's kind of who they are. Here's the brief background. But if you haven't really played the game they came from, you don't get a full grasp of who this character is. You have no emotional connection to them. Um, so I would say that could be seen as a stumble by a lot of people, especially newcomers to the franchise. It's not a great starting point, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if there was a 14 year wait between Kingdom Hearts 2, I mean, there, there have got to be kids playing this, and this is their first Kingdom Hearts game. I mean, there have yeah. got to be kids that are, this is their first game in the franchise they've played it. And if it if it's if you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like kids would be lost or kids would be confused or overwhelmed.
1: I don't know about overwhelmed, I don't know if it's quite to that level of confusion but I think there is definitely some confusion or, and not even so much confusion as much as lack of emotional weight. Like there are definitely scenes that occur, uh, especially kind of closer to the end of the game that have a lot of emotional weight behind them because you know who these characters are because you're a person who's played all the previous games and you've gotten to know these characters. You've got an emotional connection to them. But if you've never played in the previous game, they're just some character you met a little bit earlier in the game. You've gotten to know a little bit about them, but you don't have that connection to them so the scene means a lot less to you than it would uh, someone who's a, a huge series or franchise fan
0: mm. interesting over the, uh, the over the series as a whole from kingdom hearts one to kingdom hearts three what character would you say has the most
1: growth Ooh, man that's a tough one to think about um it could
0: be it could be a main character it could be a disney character it could be i don't know even a villain
1: I mean, Sora would definitely be a contender for that. Um, Sora, from the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1, who's just this kind of little kid, just living his life, doing his thing, living on his island, to where he is at the end of of Kingdom Hearts 3 is a pretty massive amount of growth. Um, uh, Lee slash Axel, depending on how you want to refer to him, he has two different names. He, uh, he's... A character who is a, a villain at a certain point in the series, but has this this interesting arc where he ends up not quite so villainous by the end of the of the series. He would be a, a fan favorite, and I definitely say he has a great arc as well. Um, but honestly, I guess who's grown the most? If I had to put my money on one person, it would probably be Riku, who would be Sora's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts out the series in almost a, a kind of a darkish place. And has this really interesting up and down journey, just struggling with himself and with his inner demons, and and uh, where he ends up at the end is 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 pretty great, pretty powerful.
0: That's it's interesting. I actually heard there was a lot of fans of Kingdom Hearts three, or a lot of King, Kingdom Hearts fans of the whole franchise, that took issue with a lot of Sora's behavior in the game. Mm. Um, they felt that every world you went to, Sora's reactions to everything was still just beamingly positive, and he didn't really seem to grasp the situation or grasp the emotional weight that they're supposed to be hitting behind a lot of these bigger themes and ideas. They said their criticism was that Sora seemed almost um, detached from everything. It almost seemed like he wasn't really a part of the story. He was just, I'm the happy kid in every world. Did you notice that in, in, your, in your game or no?
1: Uh, I mean, to an extent, but I mean, to be honest, that's kind of Sora's thing that's what makes Sora a great character is that even when things are are down and dark Sora holds on to his his innocence and his positivity um he's like that that's where he gets his strength from is just just always being so happy in the face of everything and so optimistic and never giving up hope and never losing hope um there are definitely some moments where it can get a little into the levels of 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 clichedness in terms of of positivity I suppose but I think people um,
0: people really wanted to see a lot of clear growth from Sora they wanted to not see the the constant smiles and the constant happiness and jokes they wanted to see somebody who'd grown up or matured and I guess that's why I asked which characters you thought had really transitioned or grown a lot
1: and I think that's the thing is that while Sora is like that he is very positive and happy even in the face of 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 darkness the game definitely pushes him and challenges him. There are points where you see cracks, and a lot of them show in, in small ways, and then those cracks can even get bigger at certain points in the game. I'm trying to avoid heavy spoilers here, but hmm. um, but I would say it would be wrong to class to to quantify Sora as just being super happy and cheerful all the time throughout the entire game and never shows any, any weakness. Like, there's definitely some moments where you see that he truly has grown, despite not looking like it at first. Gotcha. At least that's how I feel.
0: Interesting. So how long was the game for you to complete?
1: I want to say my final completion time was just over 60 hours. Do
0: you think that's pretty typical for people, or is that more of a completionist run?
1: Um, somewhere in between. I didn't go full completionist by any means. There's still some random side quests, not side quests, uh, sorry, I'm looking for mini games. There's some random mini games that I didn't perfect and get the absolute high score. And, and, and there are a couple of little minor collectible things I didn't do, but, um, definitely I would say it's above average. Um, because I, I took the time to, to get the, the Ultima Keyblade, um, which definitely took quite a bit of side questing. And I, I do tend to do sort of completionist runs when it comes to game. I like to not miss side quests and not miss things. So
0: how long would you say is a reasonable expectation for people just clearing the game? The main story.
1: If I had to guess, I would say if you're, if you're really moving through it pretty quickly, you could probably get it done in 30 hours. Um, I mean, not like speed gamer quickly, of course, but an average person just really going through the game, trying to get the main story, get to the end, probably about 30 hours, maybe maybe 40.
0: What is an unreasonably fast time clear? Like if somebody told you I cleared it in 10 hours, if I cleared the game in 10 hours, do you believe them?
1: Uh, I would believe it's possible, but that would definitely be a pretty ridiculously fast time. Like they'd have to really do no nonsense, know exactly where they're going, exactly what they're doing and just poof, go do it.
0: Hmm. So 10 hours is the speed run, I guess.
1: I uh, if I had to guess I'd say yeah.
0: Interesting. I want to look up I want to take a second and look up what the current world record is for Kingdom Hearts 3. Go for it. Speedrun.com is listing a uh, a completion time sub 4 hours.
1: I mean, speedrunners are pretty crazy. I've seen some speedrunners do some insane things, so I believe it, but that's pretty nuts to me.
0: Yeah, speedrunning is is pretty intense. I guess uh, one of the question I had in terms of the the story and the characters Hmm. which Disney character were you most enchanted by over the course of the series?
1: Over the course of the series or Kingdom Hearts 3?
0: Over the course of the series. Which, what was your standout character of going, man, I really didn't expect much from that Disney character and they ended up being a, a nice surprise?
1: Well, I'll give an honorable mention here first to Donald Duck and Goofy, who are your your companions, uh, like your main party members throughout the, the three main games, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, II, and 3. Um, going into the series, that's not something you'd expect to have, like, crazy character growth and crazy emotions and really, like, serious moments with Donald and Goofy, but, uh, the game and the series definitely, definitely gives you that. Honestly, the one I was probably most impressed with, I might have to surprise even myself a little bit, and say Maleficent, who in Disney is the main bad guy from, uh, Sleeping Beauty but she definitely plays a pretty major role. Like, she's a pretty major villain throughout the series. She's one of the big bad villains in Kingdom Hearts 1, and you almost even think at the end of the first game, okay, she's done, we've, we've we defeated her, now we'll never see her again, we'll hmm. move on to new villains, but she actually plays a pretty, pretty sinister and pretty serious recurring role throughout the series, even through to Kingdom Hearts 3. Not to go into too many specifics, but uh, that kind of impressed me and surprised me that that she had such a a big role and it was almost even nuanced like there was there was actually level and balance to that it wasn't just i'm the evil witch lady there was actually some nuance like she has her own goals her own motivations for doing things beyond just i'm evil and i'm gonna be evil
0: nice that makes that kind of begs the question um what was your favorite world in the whole in the in i guess the whole series i I, or kingdom hearts 3 specifically oh
1: man um
0: and then I want to ask you, what was your least favorite world?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I can answer least favorite world f- first, because that one just comes to mind immediately. I was not really a fan in Kingdom Hearts 2 of the Little Mermaid world, mm. because unlike most of the worlds in Kingdom Hearts, where it's like a an adventure map where you go around and you fight bad guys and you do things, that's not how her world worked in Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was one. I can't remember which one it was, but basically the primary mechanic of going to her world, which you have to go back to multiple times, is every time you go back, you have to do a little mini-game surrounding one of the songs from The Little Mermaid. But this time Sora, Donald, and Goofy are part of the song. It's like a rewritten version that includes them. And it's just like a little like a little button pressing or quick time event mini-game. I think some of them were like ring matching mini games. And it was just not super fun and didn't even really tell a super important part of the story. Like it was mostly a rehash of the Little Mermaid story. It was just i don't know not really interesting and kind of unnecessary. Gotcha. Um
0: so least favorite was Little Mermaid. What was your favorite world out of the whole franchise?
1: Favorite world from the whole franchise. That one's harder to do cuz there are some good ones. Um, the Mulan world in Kingdom Hearts 2 is pretty fun. It's mostly just the story of Mulan, but the way they actually you know include the combat is actually fun and interesting. I think I actually have to go with uh with it, it's a unique world to Kingdom Hearts. It's not from one of the Disney properties. It's uh, the final world of Kingdom Hearts 2, the world that never was. Uh, It's the world that belongs to the Nobodies, which are like the main bad guys of Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just this really kind of beautiful, like nighttime cityscape, but it kind of has this weird, I want to say Inception-like quality in that it's not exactly just a flat cityscape with buildings. There's like a weird, almost gravity isn't normal kind of a thing like there are buildings that are sideways and there's a giant castle floating in the sky and just has this really beautiful aesthetic and the music is kind of haunting and creepy because it's kind of final world music and it's just i don't know i really really like that world it was fun it had a great aesthetic and and
0: visually is it is a cartoony or is it like realistic world or what does it look like
1: a little somewhere in between it's not it's not like fully like realism realistic but it's not like cartoony mickey mouse disney uh, animated either gotcha it's more like Final Fantasy, I guess, in terms of of like design quality.
0: What would you say was the hardest boss out of the whole franchise? Uh,
1: the Lingering Will is what it's called. It's the it's kind of the secret uh, hidden like super boss from Kingdom Hearts Two. Um, it's basically just this suit of armor that includes the the soul of a, of an ancient Keyblade wielder, and there's there's more to the story of that that I won't go into. But uh, he is an incredibly difficult uh, boss to face. He just has a lot of crazy moves he's a keyblade wielder like you are but he is clearly way way more experienced than sora is with like the level of just crazy shit he can do and on top of that he has a just ridiculous amount of health um Mm. to to have to eat through while also surviving on your own
0: i think i can anticipate your answer to this but i'm curious what was your favorite game out of the whole franchise
1: that's a tough one um i guess it would depend on what i want to weight most heavily but gun to my head probably i would have to go with kingdom hearts 2 Mm -hmm. um that one was just really really good the story was was great all the way throughout um and i just I, i really liked the way the way that the way it progressed uh the gameplay was was really really fun and interesting um which is not to to knock into the others i mean it would be really close between that and then probably the next top two so my top three would be birth by sleep and um and Kingdom Hearts three actually, uh, Kingdom Hearts three definitely isn't perfect. It's got its its you know weak points, but um, what overall, is it, what is
0: it about Kingdom Hearts one that makes it last on your list?
1: Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's last on my list because there's also a whole bunch of other side games I haven't even mentioned yet. But um, but among the main core among games, the it's main last core games, games. um, I think just because it was the introduction of the series with the first game of the series, they hadn't quite nailed down a lot of the really great mechanics like combat is a lot simpler in kingdom hearts one they didn't add any of the the sort of more interesting mechanics that that make two and three and some of the other side games more fun and interesting it's mostly just hit things with keyblade cast spells at thing there's no extra Hmm. stuff that's going on um the story is still really good and kingdom hearts one is a solid very fun game it's actually been a while since i played it so it might be if i replayed it now i might change my mind and reorder that list but Hmm. from my memory I would probably put it at the bottom of, of the main three games.
0: You're going to hate me because the next question going to tear you apart, but okay. what is your favorite song from all the games, from your fa- from the franchise?
1: Uh, actually, that one's not hard to answer at all. It would be Dearly Beloved, uh, which is kind of... If there has to be a main theme of the Kingdom Hearts franchise, it would be that. I mean, obviously... Uh, Takahiko Hikaru has made a lot of the the main theme songs for the main games and even a lot of the side games. But the overall series theme to me is dearly beloved, and it's just this beautiful, emotional piece of music that I just absolutely love. Yeah, I mean, any any Kingdom Hearts fan, even even remote Kingdom Hearts fan, would recognize that song. If not by name, then they would absolutely recognize it hearing it. It's the main menu theme for a lot of them. It's like the title title menu theme for a lot of the games. It's 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 a it's a major piece of music for the series.
0: Would you say that Kingdom Hearts 3 has any filler in it? It's a You said it was like a 30 to a 60 hour game. What percent of that is filler? Or is there 0% filler?
1: No, I wouldn't say there's 0% filler. I would say... I don't think there's any one world that's like a filler world. Like for example, I would call the little mermaid world from two or one, whichever one it was a filler world. Like there Mm -hmm. wasn't a whole lot to that. I will say some of the worlds have like filler sections that make the worlds go on longer than they really needed to. Gotcha. Um, honestly, actually I might take that back a little bit as much as I hate to say this because I loved this world in the first two games. In the third game, you return once more to the Hundred Acre Wood, which is the world of Winnie the Pooh. Um, and in the first two games, it's actually a really just simple but beautiful just story of Sora befriending Winnie the Pooh and all of his friends. And there's no combat, there's no battles really or anything. It's just just fun friendship um, and great stories that that come out of that. You return there in the third game, but it's honestly kind of fillerish. There's no real good reason why you go there like there's a reason the game presents you but it's kind of like just I don't know out of nowhere and and unnecessary and the actual story that's told in there isn't really a story at all it's just an excuse to give you a new mini game which is like this weird color matching like almost like bejeweled style mini game and you have to finish all three rounds of that before you can complete that world and move on to the next thing and it's just I don't know I would definitely call that filler as much as I hate to say it because I love that world and i love those characters but uh in kingdom hearts 3 i think it definitely could have been done better and it is kind of filler
0: gotcha i know you also recently just completed undertale uh, Mm. for the first time and uh, i think you know you had a pretty good time with that i I imagine yeah uh would you say that if you compared kingdom hearts 3's runtime to its juice and you compared undertale's runtime to its juice which game is a better bang for your buck
1: oh man um that's really hard to say because when you get down to it undertale is such a clean and and crisp game that there really isn't a lot of filler there isn't a lot of unnecessary stuff i mean even the stuff that's not crucial is still really fun and interesting and and kind of weird and out there and just kind of crazy toby fox humor mm-hmm. but even that is not unnecessary like there's not a whole lot of of fluff in in Undertale like it's almost to put use your analogy it's almost 100% juice like 99% juice right and any modern game would would be hard pressed to match with that Kingdom Hearts included so I I would say I guess I would have to say that Undertale just kind of wins by default just because it's so clean and and streamlined just because it was just this one Basically, one developer with only a little bit of help, really like making this his like masterpiece. I almost even want to say like it this is his his coup de gras. This is his game he wants to put out. Whereas Kingdom Hearts three is the culmination of a large series, but mm. it's still it's still got corporate a- elements weaved into it. It's it's a Disney Square Enix crossover title, and that's just bound to be filled with a little bit of of uh, of extra. I'll just call it
0: yeah. I think, for me, as somebody who hasn't played the Kingdom Hearts franchise, I, it always struck me that the first game was very ambitious. <clears throat> it was very, very ambitious in the sense that it took a completely established gaming franchise like Final Fantasy, yeah. and it took those characters and those ideas into a very non-gaming world such as Disney, right? Yeah. And it merged those two, two ideas. And I, it, it struck me as very, very ambitious for a gaming project. Um, do you agree?
1: I do, actually, and honestly, the thing with with Kingdom Hearts, even with going all the way back to the first game, the marketing definitely sells it as Final Fantasy and Disney have a a crossover game together, and there are definitely elements of that, but I feel like that was almost over-marketed, because it's not so much Final Fantasy mixed with Disney, it's an original Square Enix IP mixed with Disney, and there are some Final Fantasy characters in it. Like Final Fantasy's story, like any of the Final Fantasy story, has almost no bearing on the on the Kingdom Hearts games mm-hmm. at all. Um, there's a little teeny bit here, weaved in here and there, particularly around uh, Cloud's story. But um, but even that's just a, a small amount. Mostly, it's an original IP from the mind of Tatsuya Nomura um, that has heavy Disney involvement and very minor Final Fantasy involvement.
0: If someone asks you, what is the thesis of Kingdom Hearts? What is, what is the main theme? What is the primary theme behind this franchise?
1: Man, that's a big question. And honestly, for someone who's better at like, at like summations and pretty, pretty thesis statements, it would probably be easier than it is for me, because that's not my forte. But I would say that it, it boils down to that there is light, even in darkness, even in the deepest darkness, there's always light. And that light more often than not, comes from the support and love of your friends and your family and, and those around you, and that you can always find help and hope and support and light, even in your darkest moment, if you just turn to the people closest to you who help, who love you and support you.
0: And you think that theme is pretty clear throughout the whole franchise? I
1: would say so, yeah.
0: Interesting. I mean, it's a pretty nice theme. It's a pretty nice, you know, that's a pretty nice main idea, if that's the thing that's driving it forward. I always wonder with big modern releases, do things get muddied, right? Does it does the water become murky in trying to see things because projects now take millions of dollars to make and they take teams and teams of people and the content is now so sprawling and so large and let's add one more minigame here and one mm-hmm. more collection quest here and oh, let's add one more currency here and yeah, we've got all these systems and trees and it's like you've got to applaud Undertale for being clean and very yeah. simple in its message and I wonder, do you think Kingdom Hearts managed to live up to its early ambitions? Do you think as a franchise it went do you think? Do you think that it fulfilled its its greatest possible ambition? Could it have been a better game, or is this the best version of Kingdom Hearts three we could have possibly gotten?
1: I I definitely don't want to say this is the best version of Kingdom Hearts three we could have ever gotten. I think that would be that would just be you know, blind fanboyism for me to say that.
0: I mean I don't I don't think it's f- blind fanboyism. I think if you put a gun to my head and said could Undertale is there a better version of Undertale that could have been released? I'd say I would say honestly no and I wouldn't sleep any worse at night saying that because I think that mm-hmm. game has a very clear thesis and the thesis is answered very clearly. Um I don't think it's disingenuous of you to say no if if you really think the game if you really in your heart of hearts think that the game could have had a, a cleaner or you know a simpler more matter-of-fact delivery or that it could have just the theme could have rang true or the the, the character stories could have closed in a more gentle way. I mean, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not I mean, I'm not asking for an idealized world here, but I, I mean mm. this team had fourteen years to make this game is my yeah. point, right? So do you think that the 14 years that everybody spent waiting was justified and I mean that's I guess that's what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, I think it I think the wait was justified. I think they definitely accomplished the goal they set out with. I think they got the message they wanted to get across across. Mm. I think they did pretty much everything they set out to do. At the same time, I think it could have been done even better. Mm. I think there are bits of pieces of things that are that are unnecessary, might have been taken out or changed. Uh, maybe a little bit more you could have done here or there. Um, a couple of side characters who maybe could have had their their story closed off just that little bit better, but that was, that was mean, one of my
0: questions. Was there any lingering questions at the end of the game? Did you have anybody go wait? What happened to that? What happened to Martin Freeman? <laughs> Did you have any questions like that? I guess I should I should probably give context to that why I said <laughs> that uh, at the end of Black Panther. I don't know if if you guys have heard or seen Black Panther. Like, Martin Freeman is this guy who's, like, what is he, a government worker? Or he's, like, like, he's
1: a government agent, like a CIA agent. He's, like, a
0: CIA agent. Or he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, I guess. No, he's CIA. He's CIA. And he's, like, he's going along with Black Panther to Wakanda, and he's doing his whole Wakanda thing, and he's got this storyline going on of, like, I don't trust Wakanda people. Wakanda's got to come public or whatever. And at the end of that movie, like, Martin Freeman pilots this, like, pseudo-light Gundam thing shoots down a bunch of the enemy like ships or whatever and then at the end of the movie like we never hear from martin freeman again and that is now my go-to thing is like what happened to martin freeman what <laughs> like was there a was there a what happened to martin freeman at the end of kingdom hearts 3
1: no nothing quite that large and glaring like it was in black panther okay um i think there is a a, a pair of side characters who who I wondered a little bit about because they didn't appear in Kingdom Hearts 3 at all, mm. but... Which mm- characters were
0: they? Or yes, is that spoilers? Is that super spoilers? Um,
1: it's not super spoilers. Uh, basically, it's it's Leon and, and Yuffie who are two Final Fantasy characters. Leon is better known in the Final Fantasy universe as Squall from Final Fantasy eight, but for whatever reason in Kingdom Hearts, they call him Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he those two play a, a pretty big role in Kingdom Hearts 1 and in Kingdom Hearts 2, um, but they don't show up in Kingdom Hearts 3, but not in a way that it like... Their story in 2 wasn't, like, left hanging or anything. Like, they, they're pretty well resolved by the end of 2. It just would have been nice to see them in 3 and know what happened to them, but not a hugely missing thing. And honestly, the only characters who... Or the only questions, I should say, because Kingdom Hearts is a, is a series, if nothing else, it's full of questions. Uh, it is a very complicated story that's been just arcing off all over the place, and it, it, it's a it's a pretty convoluted story. hmm I think three does a pretty good job of wrapping up all of those little loose plot threads. and the only ones that are left are ones that the game makes it clear to you. It's intentional these threads are still here. Like those are the handful of hooks I mentioned earlier that are leaving the universe open to do more games and more stuff in that universe later on. Mm. Um, but all the major plot threads that that really you know have to do with 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 Sora and the journey he's been on, are sufficiently wrapped up to me so no there. i didn't think there was a what happened to martin freeman of kingdom hearts
0: gotcha that's good that's really really good to hear because those are the worst feelings ever for the audience or the the player it's like uh i've been with this person on this journey Mm. and then i don't know what happened to them and the question is will i ever find out well wait 14 more years and you might find out but that is just a terrible terrible feeling so yeah yeah so what is next on your gaming radar what is the next game you want to play
1: uh the next one uh is one that will make uh, you quite happy. Actually, the next game I'm going to play is going to be going way back old school to Final Fantasy Tactics, which I never did play um, Yay. before. Yay! I'm applauding. <laughs> I know. Clyde is super happy about that. He's been trying to get me to play Tactics for a very long time because he knows how much I like the Fire Emblem series. So, what do you, what do you know about Final Fantasy Tactics? Not a lot. I know it's it's obviously Final Fantasy by name, but it doesn't have a huge connection to the overall Final Fantasy world, uh-huh. and I do know that the gameplay is very similar in style to like the Fire Emblem series, and that it's that sort of turn-based strategy, like almost chess-like uh, battle system.
0: How do you feel about fighting Gafgarian one-on-one behind the gate?
1: You've actually told me enough about tactics. I think I know what you're saying, but not enough to really give you an answer, so... In
0: six in six months' time, you'll hear this episode again, and you'll go, "Ah!"
1: <laughs> All right, I'll take your word. You for will,
0: it. I promise you will. Yeah, mm. it's it's definitely a franchise. Uh, excuse me, it's definitely a game. I guess it is technically a franchise. Final Fantasy Tactics did spawn some spinoffs. You've got Tactics Advance and Tactics Advanced Act Two, and those kind of things. But mm. Tactics is. A really intense game and i'm super super excited you're going into it relatively blind mm. um i am worried because you are a very completionist gamer that you're gonna look up guides and trying to figure out the best possible you know team combinations i want you to experience it organically can you promise me and our listeners <laughs> promise our listeners taylor swear to me
1: swear to me all right batman
0: are you gonna play it organically or are you gonna be a, a wimpo and use a guide day one
1: I always try to start out with a game playing organically for as long as I can. I will occasionally look up a guide if I hit a wall, but um, but no, I, I will I will promise to start out with uh, as organic and as fresh eyes as I possibly can.
0: Agrius, Mustadio, Rafa, Malak, Weegraf.
1: I'm just giving Clyde a look of like, w- what is going on with you?
0: These names mean nothing to you now, Taylor, but nope. soon they will mean everything. Okay. They'll mean a lot. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for you to play the game, and I'm really excited for you to jump into it and get to experience it. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to really, really enjoy it.
1: Nice. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is challenging, but it's, for the most part, fair challenging. There's a couple Mm. fights that I think are pretty unfair, but, I mean, Mm. it is what it is. And I'm going to do my best to finish up Chrono Cross so that I actually have an episode to record next week.
1: Well, good luck with that.
0: And if anybody listening to this has stories or stuff to share about Chrono Cross, by all means, send it send it in to stories at scanlinevibes.com, or just send me a DM on Facebook. That'd be great. I want to include stuff to have for Chrono Cross's episode.
1: Well, I'm sure our listeners are waiting with bated breath, especially if you made them wait another week. They were expecting it today and you let them down.
0: I did let them down. And I've got to, I've got to say, I'm going to, I'm going to blame it on two things, Taylor. Mm. Number one, I'm going to blame it on how pretty and gorgeous Chrono Cross is. The game is just too pretty and the soundtrack is too beautiful. The second thing I am going to blame it on is just the dang slow pace of the battles. And mm. oh my gosh, like, you know, emulators for the win fast forward button oh my gosh
1: save it for for the episode
0: i am saving it for the episode but i want our listeners to know why i want (laughs) to know why their listening experience has been deprived fair so yeah next week chrono cross it's happening send in those stories and yeah anything else you want to share today taylor
1: i did just have one more thing i wanted to mention about kingdom hearts 3 one sort of final closing thought which is and again i'm not going to go into spoilers uh at all here but the final world has a moment in it that I just wanted to shout out and mention because it is one of, if not the most just touching and cool tributes to a, a game or a series' fan base and player base that I've probably ever seen in a game. Um, And anybody who's played the game to the, you know, to the completion or at least almost to the completion probably knows what I'm talking about when I mention this, but.
0: Does it involve fan generated comment content?
1: Kinda. Yeah. Uh, Not exactly, but kinda. Yeah.
0: So is it like fan drawings?
1: No, 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 no. It's it's nothing quite like that, but, but it does involve a, a direct tribute to the fans, a direct like,
0: is it something that fans made and got put in the game? In a way. Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
1: But again, I don't want to go into details, so because I'm going to spoil things for our listeners or for you, because I know you're eventually going to hit up that series. But eventually, but anybody who who's played the game knows what I'm talking about. And I just I didn't want to let the episode go by without mentioning it and giving just a huge shout out to Square for putting something so cool in the game. It was really, really just awesome and fun.
0: Awesome. That's great. Well, I'm glad you had a good time playing it. And hopefully our listeners will get a kick out of listening to this and getting to play it for themselves, too. Absolutely. All right, well, Taylor, I think it's a good time to go ahead and shut this out. You good to go?
1: I think so. Let's let's wrap it up.
0: Let's go make some dumplings. Okay. All right, guys. Well, until next time, thanks for listening. See you guys next week, and we'll do some Chrono Cross. Until then, keep on sharing the games you love with the people you like. See you guys next time on Scanline Vibes. <laughs>